Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Let's just let's get going. Johnny, Johnny yeah. Hirschmule, how are you? Good. Welcome back. I haven't yeah. seen you in what, like five days? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was just thinking back to when we did the last recording here. That was in um, October or... I have. I know it was in 2019. That's all I know because it was in yeah. a folder <laughs> that was labeled 2019. I, I think it was October because I did an art show in... November and then we plugged it so oh, at some point. During yeah, that, so it was. Sure. I think it was right before your art show, like maybe a week or two before your yeah. art show. So, yeah, that was a great show, actually. How did you feel about it? That was fun. Um, I enjoy all the art shows um, that I've helped either produce or have been just directly mine. I mean, that's a that's a big topic. I wanted to even jump in here and talk to you yeah, about let's do is it. missing. Um, like in-person shows. Person shows. In yeah. person. Um, that was like, uh, that That has been a big part of my art career and a big like feeding factor, getting all the um, input back from people face to face and having conversations. And um, yeah, I was starting to really miss that. And then that's when I plugged that idea that I tried so you were there too. So maybe you can remember, was. was it two weeks, three weeks? Well, as we were saying <laughs> offline here, right? Time mm. is kind of in this weird warp and we can't seem to follow it quite. But I think that was like three or four weeks ago, actually. Yeah. So what that was to explain it, it was, um, I was calling it in air quotes, um, art show, a live mm-hmm. art show. And it was, I was hosting it on Instagram and I, uh, ahead of time, my talk to reach out to a bunch of artisans creators um, those types of people and ask them if they wanted to jump in on it I programmed like five minute time slots and (laughs) at first I was saying looser like let's do five or ten minutes or whatever (laughs) and then I realized after everyone said yes I was like oh let's um, make it five sharp like that's a great (laughs) problem to have though when to reach out to a bunch of people and everybody say yes yeah, I mean, oh, nearly. That's... It was it, it was more than I, because I didn't realize how many people I was inviting at first. <laughs> I just woke up excited one morning and started texting. <laughs> and within an hour or two, um, all the yeses were coming back. Then I went back and looked to see how many people have I actually invited so far. And I already realized, pro, you know, programming-wise, because you only get 60 minutes on Instagram oh, okay. Live um, that I was already in a pinch. So, and it worked out. Five minutes sharp is pretty good because we talked ahead of time about what um, what talking points we were going to use. Yeah, that was that was a good good yeah. planning on your part. 
And then I, I had a time tested and realized I can bump people off <laughs> if it's getting close, which I didn't have to Oops, do. Oh, sorry, we lost connection. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have to do it to anyone. So um, that would have been strange anyways <laughs> if I got that extreme. So was it, did you find it um, hard or do people tend to easily fill the five minutes or do they, do you find that you're kind of scraping for, for them to get all the way to the five minute mark? No, it was totally good and totally fine because, um, they knew what they want to talk about coming into it. And I also, um, wrote down uh, like, uh, just a couple questions in case there was any dead air time. Yeah. Um, I knew I could plug them into a theme real quick and, and wrap it up yeah. and it, it worked out. Oh, good. Well, yeah, I yeah. felt it was interesting because, um, you know, when I do these podcasts, for example, um, I went back in the day, I kind of debated on like, should I keep it within a time frame? And, you know, I, I think about my habits and listening to podcasts and most people's habits and realize that long format is just fine because people kind of tend to just listen in their car that mm-hmm. not many people are sitting down like specifically to do absolutely nothing but listen to my podcast. So long formats. But what I've found over a period of time is I have a very natural um, cycle of an hour and 15 minutes-ish. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why that is because it's just come out naturally. Every time I've ever tried to keep it under an hour, keep it 45 minutes or or go two hours, like it just, it I can't. I've done a few where they've been like two, two and a half, almost three hours. Um, Did and they those have long though. No, like while you're doing it. No, that's uh, the thing. They kept go- the, the conversations were so great mm-hmm. that I just kept going with it. And then I debated like, should I do? Like, should I split that up into two episodes or what? But anyway, I didn't mean to like derail your. Comment. Oh no, that's no, that's a great topic I, because um, uh, I had mentioned to you, but they're still not released. I started a podcast series with Andy Soul. Um, uh, before the first stay in place orders. So, um, we interviewed four different people. I was, and we have those, but they're not finished and released yet. Um, I was noticing a very similar rhythm that was just appearing to itself. I had kind of a guided question timeline that I was, um, pacing everyone through, but I noticed right around an hour, I started to feel like it just needs to wrap up. Yeah. Um, it was, it was kind of a natural feeling for me too. Yeah. I think those are the best ones though, when you feel like, it it kind of comes to this natural, you know, wrap up where it feels comfortable. It doesn't feel like you're rushing somebody off or you you didn't finish a thought or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, I think the one that you did on Instagram back to that, mm-hmm. um, Instagram live, that was, I was so excited that you even asked me. Sometimes I feel like, like it's, it's so funny. People around town will ask me to do something and I'm like, beside myself like I can't believe you guys are asking me I'm so excited like I feel like I'm getting asked to the the cool table at the cafeteria yeah. <laughs> or something like that so I was really excited uh, to be a part well, of that I'm, yeah I'm glad you were there it and really um, I think I would have invited you know 50 more people yeah and I would like to host it again and I'll probably the only downside we did have was some technical mm-hmm. glitching so just um, being able to actually invite and have somebody accept and come on yeah a couple of those uh we had some technical bumps but besides that there's i mean there's so many voices around petaluma um, that have a lot to share and it's great to have all the different perspectives Mm -hmm. i think that was one of the the good things of that formula 
um, that it was like, it was almost like a, a podcast of a whole bunch of different shows slammed into <laughs> like little mini segments right. or vignettes, yeah. you know, uh-huh. um, which I've always been a fan of a vignette format, um, either in like stylistic writing of short stories mm-hmm. or um, vignette stories like uh, the Coen Brothers latest film where it's like a bunch of old Westerns mm-hmm. that don't really relate to each other. Maybe some like theory behind how they relate. But um, yeah, I'm a fan of, of that kind of style. I feel like uh, there's some sort of natural tension span yeah. in the shorter segment thing um, that can be fulfilling as long as it actually got wrapped up. Especially you know? in video. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I do think, you know, back to what I was saying before, the way people will listen to a podcast, a lot of people have asked me, how come you're not putting, how come you're not taping them, videoing them hmm. and putting them on YouTube? And I think, well, because naturally for a podcast, people are going to do it again in the car or, or something like that. They're not going to be watching a video. And even outside of that, at least for my own what I do, and I sometimes I, I consider myself like a good average Joe. Um, I'll watch a video for three or four minutes, and then I'm kind of like, okay, on, on to the next thing, which I don't know that yeah. that's a good thing. Like, I feel like sometimes it's a little, you know, no um, <laughs> short attention span. That was another thought but I had. But I think video is like that. Because um, that is a topic I'm thinking of uh, going ahead. And we can jump all over the place. So we can come yes. back to the Instagram live <laughs> thing again. But now that I'm thinking about videos, um, going ahead to the future, like our kids' generation age and them growing up, I could almost see, and now that we don't have movie theaters we're crowding into, I could almost see the style of the hour and a half to two hour standard time getting shrunken down to like mm-hmm. maybe 30 minute is right. a feature film. Yeah. And because... It, it's almost all going to be online anyways. And our kids' tension spans are much Very shorter short. than ours are. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Going ahead, that might be a format. It's, just... it's interesting, you know, to think we've kind of touched on this the other day, but like to think about what, what life is going to look like after, you know, it's, it's funny. We're right in the middle of this and I never actually yeah. say it on the podcast because I think everybody's in the middle of it, but like, I'm going to listen to this in, an, you know, in five years and be like, what is she talking about? <laughs> We're in the middle of, or maybe coming on the outside of quarantine from COVID-19. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell if it's going to stay opening up or if it's going to shut down because there's a big spike, but yeah, our life has changed since we see what, what date are we today? We're June 15th ish. And we've been doing this for what? March, April, May, June, three months. I don't know numbers going ahead anymore. I just know March 12th was like a major date. Um, when things got real and everyone shut down everywhere and moving ahead from that. Yeah. We've all gone through all kinds of emotional ups and downs. Um, Mentally, everyone seems to be perceiving this differently, which is it is hard to come to grasp yeah. with. So it, it's like a, a lot of more conversations need to happen so that people can um, relate to what's happening in reality. It's um, it's not that we're all perceiving reality differently. It's all happening, and and we just need to be more vocal about it so that we can. Well, and everybody's reality is a little different because you know. 
depending on whether you have children or not, first of all, it's just one of many, many variables in this, right? But Mm -hmm. those of us who have children who had to suddenly go from full-time working, whatever version of that is, whether it's, you know, artistry in a barn or it's, you know, socializing in a co-work space, we were full-time somewhere while our kids were at school. And then the next day, (laughs) the kids are home. So we became school teachers. And then there's... yeah. You know, there's a hundred other different versions of what reality was for people. And so maybe that plays a part in us not being able to completely relate to everybody else's experience. Yes. Okay. So I, I redact my statement because that is, that is relatable, um, that our realities are perceived differently due to these big factors, children, not children. I'd say, excuse me, another big one would be wealth versus Mm -hmm. poverty and all the Mm -hmm. in-betweens. I would definitely, I definitely see some people on the wealthier end um, because I have some links to that and I see them being disconnected a lot more than the other end. Mm -hmm. Obviously, somebody who doesn't have means is having a hard time figuring out how to get any sort of money coming in through any government granting or any sort of, you know, you can call it a handout, but it's not. We're all paying into it with our paychecks. Um, (laughs) So yes, those struggles make their realities different um, because they're either more in tune to it or they're less in tune. Well, and also there's no, no, um, or at least there wasn't the level of um, shared information outside of social media. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to take that out of the equation because that's just a whole shit show in itself. But I'll, you know, for us, for me in particular, a lot of the things that I do or the way that I deal with issues or tasks or anything come directly from conversations that I've had with people here in the co-work space. Right. So for example, one of the, um, like the PPP loan that was an, you know, was an opportunity for many people. That would have been a conversation that people here would have navigated together and we would have kind of crowdsourced the solution because some of us are better digging into the government information. Some of us are better at asking questions, right? So collectively we would have been like, okay, here's how you navigate that thing. Do this, call this person, submit this information, um, but that wasn't happening. Everybody was at home in their little bubble yeah. trying to navigate it on their own Surviving. with different types of skill sets, you know. Mm. And a lot of people I know didn't have, didn't, um, weren't able to take advantage of some of those financial aid programs, for example, because they didn't understand it. It wasn't, it wasn't very easily understood and they didn't have the support around that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it's you know, I mean, it goes without saying that this was unprecedented and I don't I don't even know three months into it if we still know how to navigate it. That's the thing, is it feels like No. It's just <sighs> been an alternate reality that we're all so convinced we're going to bounce out of at some mm-hmm. point that we're not soaking in. I think the way it's being presented to most of us through the powers that be is that there is gonna be an over time yeah so then in our our minds we think oh so that's like an on off switch right exactly there's going to be a time when it's just done and we're gone with it um it's becoming more and more apparent to anyone who just reasons a little bit that this isn't going to be on off switch situation we are going to have to keep adapting and growing and realizing what we can do um right before i came here i just watched 
uh, Dave Chappelle did a um, a live comedy s- sketch, mm-hmm. and the video leading up to it, they showed the process that they were doing for it to be as safe as can be for the audience yeah. to be there. And it was outdoors. They built him like a little stage. Uh-huh. So on the, the camera, when it's on him, it still feels like an inside comedy club uh-huh. routine. Although I got to say, I think he only told one joke the whole Really? Routine. Yeah, because he was dead serious talk about um, the other major thing that has yeah. come up since COVID-19, which is... Black um, Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter matter movement which is addressing the the intense racism that has been a part of everyone's life their whole life right and it's weird when you actually wake up to it what what happens is for someone like me i'm a white what you call a white privileged person i grew up in a area in a neighborhood where i almost didn't see any black people Mm -hmm. um so it's it's not in my face and there's hints of it everywhere. You can see hints of it on television shows and movies and everywhere. But when it's not in your face, you don't you don't pay attention right. to it. And um, that was another big block even in, I don't want to say block, but another big pause mm-hmm. in my creative career. First, it was COVID-19, taking about a month for that to just set in my mind like where we were. Then coming out of it, I was getting a creative burst again. We did that Instagram Live. I created a new body of works. Um, I was selling some art again. Then when George Floyd was uh, murdered, when that happened, and the protesting started everywhere, um, for me, without anyone telling me what to do, I knew I had to stop again and just... Because what was happening was way bigger than any silly thing I was creating artistically. Mm-hmm. Now, because I've been had some more time to absorb it and think about it a lot more and to talk to people, I'm lucky that I have my wife and my kids, even especially my daughter, Hazel, who just turned 15. Um, she's so present-minded that we have a lot of conversations about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So now moving ahead, we've gotten past the, the quiet part um, we're still absorbing, we're still learning, but um, I want to create again. Definitely, I'm motivated to make work again. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for sure, art is always a very powerful thing um, in historical moments and, and throughout history. And it's a chance for art to reflect time in some way. You could even say in a painter who just does abstract paintings, they're still going to reflect the time somehow. Rothko still... Re- yeah. Re- reflected his time well I was just actually going to ask that that's what I was literally writing down here I was thinking (laughs) as you're enthusiastic about doing the art again Mm -hmm. um and I don't want to lose that thought because we kind of touched on this the other day and we wanted to go back to like what feels good about putting your art in the world but yeah do you have you noticed either up here in your mind or what's coming out of the paintbrush right now has there been any shift in your work stylistically that feels it's um, it's informing you because uh, of COVID or because of the Black Lives Matter movement? Or um, absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, whatever whatever a person is absorbing through their mind and adapting as part of them is going to come back out mm-hmm. um, in their expression. There's no doubt about it, and 
I have been thinking more about trying to say direct messages mm-hmm. in my art, whether or not I can do that. I'm also I'm also actually worried about saying wrong things. Mm-hmm. So I I am hesitant to make any bold um, imagery that that um, says my opinion or my viewpoint on right. matters. But I know for sure that um, the work that I'm creating right now definitely reflect reflects um, the things I'm absorbing. Yeah. But let's, it's okay. So let's go back to this idea of, um, you, you just, I, I wish I could like rewind yeah. and hear the <laughs> word that you said something like any, any little art thing that I could be doing right now. Yeah. And I think I said silly, silly. Yeah. So that caught me because with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As you said, like people, you know, people process the world and life differently. A lot of us do it through art and creativity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would argue that any sort of art you're working on is, is not silly. But I understand the point is like you want to be like there's something bigger happening outside of us right now and we don't want to take away from the tone of that like mm-hmm. we don't want to seem tone deaf right exactly but there's some value some real importance to us creating art in that time whether it's specific to that movement or mm-hmm. not but there's value to you doing your work and so the question that you were posing last week to me was like what's What's the point in which we can feel okay about pushing our work out there? Because there is the reality that we also have to make a living. Like yes. you have to yeah. pay your bills, right? And you're doing work that you were doing before and it's, it's no less important. But you also feel a little bit like, wow, there are people out there doing these big things and on the front lines of the protests and, and they're changing legislation or they're trying to and here we are creating Mm -hmm. a piece of art and how do we put that out there? And I don't, I'm not professing to know the answer. I'm in the same boat as you. It's like, how much do I push my agenda, quote agenda, which happens to be, you know, running my business? I don't Um, don't know. That that is, uh, (laughs) that's the question I'm still asking myself every day. Um, So I have my wife, Jenny, she does pottery and we share a studio space. And um, we get to bounce these ideas off each other constantly, which is great. Um, and what what we've come up with, first of all, we had that first hurdle, just being at home. We weren't allowed to meet with people in groups um, because it's dangerous, not just because we're told not to. 
And um, especially for me to be able to sell my work, as I had mentioned, it's always been a person in person type mm -hmm. thing. I'm kind of like an artist up until an art show that I'm a car salesman or something like right. that. You know, I'm trying to give them a story of me. Um, so now I've been adapting to this more digital platform and sharing myself that way. Um, then with the second hurdle of protests going, it again had to become a balance of how do I show that I'm being respectful of the monumental things going on right now while at the same time continuing to go ahead with my, um, my means of income, mm -hmm. my, my way, my contribution to the world, really. Everyone does have their contribution in some way. And these art platforms are our, our ways. Um, so we've been delicate about it. And uh, you can kind of see a trend regardless. This, this isn't the first time in history this has happened. And things do start to calm down mm -hmm. and level down. Um, and you start to feel appropriate again uh, with being able to it just, what was it, on Saturday morning, I think I went on Instagram for a little bit because I had, I had done a raffle for an art piece where I had decided to give 100% of the raffle uh, money to a organization. Um, and I had chosen an organization called Campaign Zero. If anyone wants to look it up, you can check it out. Um, even that, even even choosing a organization to back can be tricky because you can get um, people on both sides of the fence for mm -hmm. whatever you decide to do. Besides that, it was the process was great. I enjoyed it. it. It was fun to have a raffle. Everyone felt good for contributing. And when I drew the raffle ticket, I had decided going ahead, I was going to get back into promoting my personal art, yeah. moving ahead. Um, and at the same time, sharing any pertinent information that comes across me, um, because I have really appreciated everybody on social media platforms who have shared valid articles or mm -hmm. links to things that I could then click on and see them at the source and, and get educated. Um, right. it's a, it's really a time of education right now. For sure. Um, I am so ignorant to so many things that I didn't realize um, just learning about the sneakiness of the 13th Amendment. I didn't, had no idea <laughs> what that was about. And I, yeah, I learned, <laughs> I actually learned that over this case too. You're right. It is definitely a period of education. I think what's makes me a little nervous is mm -hmm. that like you, you just mentioned clicking on something and learning it from the source. And mm -hmm. I, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes I'm lazy and I'll read the the least amount of information in a post, right? And I don't click in and yeah. and maybe I don't get the correct information or maybe I don't, you know, get as much information as I need or whatever. And I feel, I you know, I have a platform here. We're sitting here talking and, mm -hmm. and who knows how many people are going to listen. And I'm it's guaranteed that I'm going to say something incorrectly. And it's not because I don't care. It's not because... Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just happens to be that there's so much information flying at us right now, which is a good thing, right? Like you said, like it we're learning, can be, yeah. um, yeah. what we should have learned probably throughout our entire lives. Right. And we're trying to, we're trying to absorb it in two or three weeks. And, um, it's, it's an unfortunate 
yet fortunate situation. Um, so back to a good, uh, well, a good piece of advice I got was, um, don't get burnout. Yeah. So, and, and this is from people in the black culture asking white people specifically, don't get burnout. Thank you for being awoke to this situation and uh-huh. joining in the voice in whatever way you can. Um, but not getting burnout means not reading every single article right. being thrown at you or not watching every single video clip mm-hmm. or or going on the march every single day. Or it's you a do long have to game. pace it out. It is a long game. It's already been hundreds of years in the making. So it's obviously <laughs> yeah. still in the in the part of a very long game. Um, so with that going ahead, that's that's been my mental focus is um, – I'm still conscientious, I'm still aware, and I still want to bring a recognition to movements, um, this movement in particular. But um, I am going to get back to sharing my art and yeah. um, setting up the next things. So, and that's fresh. That's like a fresh concept to me. Uh, it's only been the last few days. I was just going to say, yeah. because you have a completely different energy today than you did, I don't know what day you were here last week, Friday or Thursday? Um, um, yeah. You day. were one day, day last week. Um, you were so generous as to come in and switch out a lot of the art that we have here at yeah. the co-work space. And well, had that, a lot of people com- compliment on it as well. That's nice to hear. And um, little things like that or whatever size you want to call it are great um, boosters for me. So every time yeah. I do something, it usually starts a starts a motor up or something yeah. in my head. And, um, so I've already, I've already been working on a bunch of new works in the studio that again, always in the past has meant I'm leading up to a show. So I, I guess I'm going to try another digital platform yeah. show. So the one that you did, mm-hmm. um, to circle back to that Instagram mm-hmm. live, cause that was an art show. Um, were you able to, cause I, I watched, Everybody before me and about three people after me, and I don't remember, I had an, I had something else anyway. I got offline and I didn't know if you were able to sell any art on that or you were at least able to show your art because you were very generous yeah. to allow the other artists who came on to yeah. speak completely about their work. Well, that's how, you know, that's how art shows have always felt to me. In the very yeah. beginning of that, it, it was almost like a real life art show to me. Um, in the very beginning, I, I um, presented a few of my pieces yeah. uh, for that body of work and uh, described a little bit about what I was making and maybe the process. And then usually art shows for me are catching up with other people. Yeah. It's like we look at the art piece, they give me a couple comments, and then we move on to what are you up to? What are to? you up to, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the format worked great. And um, we'll see if we can get more... I was trying to uh, weave in some live music segments. Oh, yeah. I got one in um, near the end, and it's an old goofy friend of mine, and he he did like this character type piece, and it was cool. It was abstract yeah. and interesting. Um, and then the final, final, we closed out with my parents, <laughs> which oh. was fun. You know what I yeah. loved is the next day I was watching um, the replay of where, when you were sitting in front of the typewriter. Mm-hmm. Was that right? Like at the very, very, very beginning yeah. of that recording? Oh, yeah. it was hysterical. I was giggling so hard. I was just like oh, yeah. watching you like peck at the case on the typewriter. Cool. And I was like, what is he doing? It just was 
I really, really oh, enjoyed wow. it. You're very good on camera. That was a last you... minute idea. Thank you for that. Um, that was. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The last minute idea that um, I was thinking okay, all the live videos I've seen, they usually they go to live and then they wait for a while yeah. because they're waiting for people to come on yeah so i was like okay instead of it just being dead air i will act like i'm typing my manifesto i loved it yeah absolutely <laughs> loved it that was probably my favorite part of the whole recording that uh, i watched back so moving ahead i do want to do um some more um video segment pieces like i have in the past and i'm also going to go back on any of the so i make like little short films mm-hmm. they're usually just me acting in it because that's always been the easiest way to get it done. Yeah, uh, write right. it, direct it, and act it. <laughs> which is work. perfect for COVID-19, right? Yes. I mean, it's going to be difficult to get other people involved. Um, so going ahead, I'm going to make some other little vignette short pieces. And then <laughs> what's that? There's Johnny, my Johnny's Johnny questions. questions? <laughs> Do you need me to read them? Okay. <laughs> I'm taking my glasses uh, off. Okay, sorry, I'm listening. Vignettes. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do some more little short video pieces. Um and then post those, but they won't be live ones. It'll it'll be going back to where I actually um. Uh, what's the word? Yeah, not cautiously, but um, conscientiously mm-hmm. set up um, camera and some editing and yeah, um, some pieces like that. Um, yeah. I enjoyed at the art show that we were just discussing that you had right after the last recording that we did here. Mm-hmm. Um, that you had a black and white movie that you were playing out on the on the oh, yeah. side of the building. Uh, which was quite nice. Yes. It's just, the thing about your work, it's your work, it's your personality, it's your shows, it's the mm. people that you hang with. There's a quirkiness, um, a very approachable um, energy that you have mm. that is, um, I'm envious of it. I, I, there's a, I don't know, it's just an energy that's very laid back, but. Um, it's, um, to, to be honest about it, it's a personality. Yeah switch but it comes it's, oh it's, it's a switch kind of it's almost like having another identity um i go into it like even coming in here uh-huh. i knew i really wanted to do it but then like anything you get up close to the time slot to actually go do it and you're yeah, like i don't want to do yeah, it totally but you just flip the switch and um and get the job done some of my best episodes my best interviews have been on days like that where i'm like i i'm thinking of all of the reasons why I could cancel, um, and I don't mm. because I don't want to be that person. I, although I was that person with you last week, but because I had to go to the no, doctor. No, but yeah. um, I, and then you get there, and some of my best interviews have come out of those days where I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to do it because I don't want to turn it on. For me, it's usually out of exhaustion mm. because it's easy for me to be this person that talks all the time and does, but it's exhausting too. And I've found that even after episode, after almost every episode, I crash about an hour later. Well, it was like going on, it was like, it's like being on stage and doing a show. Yeah. Um, Although it feels very natural to me while I'm in it. Like I don't feel like I'm performing, but I am very 
focused on the person that I'm with and the conversation mm-hmm. that I'm in. So it does feel exhausting. But, you know, last week I had, um, I, back to the whole, like we've been doing this for three months, right? Um, yeah. Kind of not socializing and, yep. and just kind of in a different, different mode. And I, you know, I saw patterns of people's emotional swings mm-hmm. um, very early on. And it was, t- of course, to be expected, right? Everybody's having highs and lows. And and it seems like everybody, ki- generally speaking, was on the same frequency of highs and lows. I tend to be a person who, whenever I've been in situations of crisis in my life, be it big crisis or maybe even minor, I... I go into like high performance mode hmm. and I stay that way until the crisis is over. And I think that's how I was at the beginning of this quarantine. I powered through the first two months. Like I didn't miss wow. a beat. And this last four or five weeks, while everybody else is now kind of a little bit rested and kind of on the upswing, mm-hmm. I'm finding myself frequently taking nose dives. Um, harder than I did hard in a long time. And so last week was one of those weeks where I, by Thursday, I was literally ready to throw in the towel on all of it, on everything. And I, um, I was, I have had a weekly Thursday zoom call with two girlfriends, mm. one in New York and one in Sonoma since this whole thing started. And it's like a little happy hour halfway through the one on Thursday, mm-hmm. I laid down on the couch and literally fell asleep because I was in such a stressed state um, from I think the just everything that's been happening last few months and then I've had a few serious kind of crisis things happen in the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and I don't have any stamina left right so I'm crashing hard and I'm finding I think that's if I can interject that sounds like a a common thing with like um field medics or, or, um, some, some sort of profession where it is your job to help people and take care of them while that's the problem, taking care of other people, you're full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. And then once people, once it feels like people are taken care of all your problems surface and then it gets real. And I totally understand that. Um, I think for me, my wavelength was different because First, going in to stay in place, I, I think we were taking, we were in a safe situation in our personal family. Mm-hmm. Um, so all my problems surfaced. In my, you know, they're in my head. But um, so it took a while for that uh, to play itself out for me to to not snap out of it, but come out of it. Yeah, um, and to get back into what was cool in that downtime was all the other people who were sharing. There was lots of other people sharing live music or podcasts mm-hmm. or just thoughts, and I was feeding off that stuff. So uh, now it, I feel like it's a, um, uh, what do you call it, like a recoil or something? Mm-hmm. Like I want to give back all that feeling now. Yeah. So that's why I'll, while I'm climbing back out and feeling better and uh, I want to contribute to to the other people who might be in a doubt. Yeah. Um, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, Although that's I haven't, good. I haven't felt, you know, it's one big difference is, um, I, I really fuel off of, uh, funny things, mm-hmm. comedy and satire. Oh yeah. And 
that's some often how I project myself. Even in my paintings are sometimes like a form of satire. And um, but the funny has been on the down low right now. Even yeah. all of our late night shows, they're slinging jokes out there, but they're like they're they have a cocktail in their hand and they're like, <laughs> ha ha, right? Yeah, because um, it's, it's been true. Tough. Do you think it's because? Um, I'm maybe I'm sure there's a level of both, but like, are they being cautious with their jokes or there's a set of like a, a sense of exhaustion as well in their work? Like they're, they're not performing because they just are too I tired to come they up with be getting tired, you know, um, like bad politics are funny when they're not dangerous. Yeah. And when it's real dangerous, you don't want to make a joke with it. Um, so I, I think they're having a hard time right now. So maybe it's time for the other more serious art forms to elevate. Yeah. Um, the one, what I mean by serious is non-joking right. um, platforms. So, um, well, you know, it's interesting. I, I have a good friend who's in New York and he runs the stand-up New York comedy club. Um, and he's been pushing the envelope. So a couple of weeks ago he did an outdoor um, comedy show. I don't, I think right. it might've even been before. I don't know when the Dave Chappelle one was that you were just talking about. Oh, he but... claimed to be the first. Okay. Well, <laughs> so my friend Donnie put a, they took a pickup truck yeah. and they parked it out in front and they used that as a stage and they see, seated people on, you know, on the sidewalk as like, like they were in a show and I don't know, maybe so, Dave Chappelle play, uh, performs at his club a lot. Maybe he was so they one weren't of in cars. There. No, they were sitting okay. out, but the like mm. they got about an hour and 10 or so into it and the police came and shut them down. Mm. Um, and then they've since then done a show indoors. Like there I can I can relate to comedians and because similar to you like they do live shows and that's mm. where they flourish. Yeah. Um, and they're like they're just sitting there twiddling their thumbs dying to get back Oh, in front of an audience and so that that's a group that i think similar to like what the fitness clubs are doing here where mm -hmm. they're really advocating for themselves because here's mm -hmm. all the reasons why people need fitness clubs and and we should open comedy <laughs> comedy clubs are going to start doing the same thing i get it for sure we all we all need to feel good yeah. we all need that dope okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dopamine and yeah. exercise, comedy, all the things to elevate ourselves in a healthy way and to distract our minds or to make us think about a topic. Mm -hmm. um, one of Chappelle's jokes, one of his only jokes, like I said, there weren't many, was he's like, okay, maybe I'm not the first. There was one other guy who did a, 
live show, but everybody was sitting in cars, so every punchline got horns honking at him. Oh. He's like, that's not much feedback. <laughs> so. Oh, and you can argue that it could be good or bad feedback. You don't know. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Just yeah. like real life. You don't know if somebody's mad at you uh-huh. or not. When I saw, so speaking horn. of Dave Chappelle, I saw um, one of the late night comic, I don't watch late night TV really, but one of those shows, the host um, reposted a Twitter thread um, about that somebody had, let me make sure I get this right. It, it actually had been from a show from 2013, I think, where Dave Chappelle was up and, and it was again, not quite as, um, where we are now with these protests and stuff, but it was after one of these senseless murders and, mm-hmm. and, and there was some, you know, some feelings going around about it and he was up on stage and, um, he, there was a woman uh, like a white woman with you know it, with her bougie hat on, and she's sitting in the audience, and she said something to him about this incident that had happened, and he 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 was like, "What?" So anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna hack the whole thing, but there's That's this right. Twitter thread that went like this late night show host just the other day reposted this whole thing, and it showed like how he literally stood up on the stage. And quite honorably educated the audience about what was going on without without being an asshole, without you know, and, and in the end she came back behind you know, backstage, he let her in, she apologized not only did she apologize, she sat there in tears hmm. thanking him for educating her and wow. he was quite impressive. Um I you can see it going around on social media right now. They've re- they uh, just reposted it. it I'd was, like to check that out. It was pretty cool. And you know, I'd like to say, isn't that isn't that amazing? Don't don't we wish, like, that's very impressive for him to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's it, his skill set. If we could all be so articulate mm-hmm. to de-escalate people, that's and, exactly and with what humor did. added yeah. into it, yeah. like. That's that's an maybe that should be a major theme in <laughs> school go, going ahead teaching yeah. kids how to de-escalate with humor or that's you know a, you might I, be onto something I don't know or do anything with humor these days would be nice oh god speaking of teaching kids how did your kids hmm. do uh school wise uh, so they did pretty good um so our son's in 4th grade just finished 4th and his teacher was 100% the the biggest backbone to that being successful. Um, they just did a brief Zoom meeting every morning, mm-hmm. and uh, he read them a story. He gave them some good news of some kind. He was like the good news director every morning. Um, every every morning he checked in with each kid by you know like how you do roll call. Yeah. But he would say hi to each kid by name. And then at the end, when he was saying goodbye, that was their cue to sign off. He said goodbye and oh, to each kid, and, and they that, could just log off. Yeah, but the, and that that small recognition make, gave them an opportunity to say hi and bye to some other human. Yes. And um, so I I'd say between Jenny and I, we both juggled being the teacher because then we had to be with him um, till it was probably I guess till like one or two o'clock every day. Um, but thankfully, because we do both do creative craft, our studios at home, we're able to juggle the two mm-hmm. things. Our daughter, on the other hand, had already started, she's in ninth grade, and she had already started a um, 
online schooling program. And so she was already on uh, in line with with, with, with what the game was going to be. And so she was already doing very successful. She had uh, really good grades. And even at the point of the official uh, stay in place order, her teachers had told her going forward, um, do what you can. Your grades won't change for worse. They can go up yeah. if you feel motivated and you want to keep doing more work. Your grades have the potential of going up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really good for her. Yeah, She's at a tough age, um, 14, 15, just turned 15, that yeah. um, emotionally you have a lot going on. And with these things going on in the world, I... I can only imagine because I kind of remember that age and it was already super tough. Yeah. I didn't have any of that weighing over my head. It is no joke. My daughter is 14 also. Um, I will say she kind of flourished with the online learning part of things um, and she tanked hard socially. She Mm -hmm. already, I think, is a little bit on the fringe of like the social in crowd. Like I think she kind of wants to be there like most kids do and she's not quite there and um, she, I, you know, there were times she was, she was in eighth grade as we were going through this. And so eighth grade graduation is kind of a big thing here. And which it wasn't a thing when I was a kid. So when she first found out there wasn't going to be a graduation, there wasn't going to be like eighth grade walkout and all the traditional things. She was kind of like bummed, but she didn't seem to be too affected by it, which is pretty normal for her. She doesn't seem to get emotional. And then as it got closer and closer and closer, I was seeing like, oh, no, this mm-hmm. is going to be more challenging. And then came the day, the two days, the two final days. One day was like what was supposed to be the walkout, which traditionally is them going into the gym and then like leaving the school and going yeah. on some field trip or something. Um, they did a video like of all of the memories, right? right. And I walked into her room and this is – she is not a she is not this person. She was bawling her eyes out. Yeah. And then the next day was the graduation. And the next day was the day literally she just imploded. And I mm. I just uh, the only thing I could do was just sit there and listen to her spew expletives <laughs> to yeah. me at me about everything. Just she just was broken. Mm-hmm. And it was so heartbreaking to see. And I knew it had nothing to do with anything other than just like all of the pressure of everything going on. And I thought in that moment, just like you said, it's so hard to be a young teenager anyway, mm-hmm. in the best of circumstances. And then throw in COVID-19 and social media. And um, I don't think the Black Lives Matter protests had started right by then. Mm-hmm. But there was just a lot going on. And I just my heart was breaking for all of these kids. Yeah. I just, I don't know. True. Um, you know, yeah. All you can do is be there for your kid and let them, uh, say whatever they want to say through these kind of things. That's what I've learned. And just to be a little funny that other parents will get is at, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm glad I didn't make them feel this way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it's not my fault. (laughs) It's not my fault. I can just be the shoulder. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, you know, I think I actually did have some of those, maybe not even consciously, but there was a relief that for once I wasn't 
the reason why she was upset. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I mean, because... They if, like to be mad at yeah, us. Yeah, they do. And yeah. legitimately, I don't, you know, she and I have gone nose to nose a lot. And mm-hmm. I could do a better job also of, mm-hmm. you know, being diplomatic and stuff. But she, you know, as daughters do with mothers, she pushes my buttons. And I knew during all of this, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's not my fault. So it's easier to sit and just I know. listen. It's a, it's a weird, sweet note, but it kind of is. <laughs> Um, well then going ahead to summer, right? So yeah. now we have summer break right. in front so of us. Summer break. What does that look like for you guys? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> um, don't we're still probably knows. not going anywhere. Uh, we, I don't know. Honestly, we might try to do a little camping trip. We'll have to play it by ear cause we already, uh, you know, uh, on the other coast, Florida's already shutting down shop again on a bunch of places. Oh, they are. It's like, I mean, yeah, I knew they kind of would. I just saw that just, this morning. So I'm not surprised. Arizona's probably coming up right behind them. You know, I mean, I it's that was um, one of the fears I had about opening up the co work again because mm-hmm. it it wasn't as much that I thought I was doing something to put people at risk here. I really didn't think that the doors would be flooded or you know that, that we would be flooded with people yet. But the idea of like kind of restarting the engines again mm-hmm. and, and getting the place all stocked and getting people back in the habit of working and then potentially an uptick in cases and have to close it all down again. And I, it's still a reality. It could happen. You know, there could be another two, three month buffer and it's hard to like grasp that. But we didn't, we didn't grasp going into this. Right. The general public, myself included, had no idea how long we were going to be in this lockdown-like life. They At first, it was a week, yeah. two weeks, three. Right. Maybe we'll do four. And now, at, one, at some point, they haven't even told us yeah. anymore. They still haven't. Yeah, they won't even put a date on anything. It's vague. I'll tell you what's interesting. I was in New York City um, around March 15th. Mm. So I was there when oh, Manhattan... Right announced the first five cases and I was in a meeting with this comedy club owner that I was telling you about Mm -hmm. because we were work we've been working on a podcasting um, event program that he started in New York City and we were actually negotiating my growing the brand out here in California so we were in a meeting and we were in a meeting with a gentleman from Florida who was we were talking about a particular event that we were going to do in New York in April um, in April so hmm. as right. we're sitting there, one of them says, and this is how completely oblivious I was to this. One of them mentions, and then if we have to postpone, and I was like, well, what do you mean postpone? And I'm like, we're sit- we're literally planning out every single week mm-hmm. for the next. And he's like, well, you know, there's talk that this could actually, like this COVID thing could become a thing and they're going to actually postpone events. And I was like, that's not going to happen. And, and the guy who owns the brand, Donnie, he was, he was getting a little nervous and he's like, Oh gosh, really? And I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm the person who usually is with her finger on the pulse about what I think is going to happen. And she's usually mm-hmm. correct. And I was like, this, that is so bullshit. Like that's just, can we just plan this? Because this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I, so then as I was there, we went to lunch and on the news, they're talking about the first five cases. I was flying out the next day. And I get back to Petaluma and within a week, literally within a week, like the world is shutting down. And I was like, holy crap, how did I miss this? I completely. We all missed it. Missed it. There was, it wasn't given to us. 
the experts obviously knew what kind of shitstorm this was brewing. Um, and, and maybe their rationality is to Didn't avoid panic, panic, right? And maybe that's true. I don't know. And they have to baby us along, I guess. I <laughs> think it was just lack of intelligence and resources. Like, I think there's a lot of programs or a lot of heads of programs who weren't working and who probably would have been able to steer the ship a little bit better. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that's lack, just my opinion. Lack, but Lack of intelligence or non-intelligence, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lack of leadership, for sure, yeah. um, at least where we were watching. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I was blown away and I shouldn't have been but I was completely uninformed about yeah about it and then life just stopped and we were like what the right fuck just happened well and so going ahead now that we're here we're in it and thinking of an because summer is a new phase for everyone no matter what um but now it is in the back of all of our minds of things might get frozen up again yeah and so we have to kind of make that a part of the plan um so it's hard to operate like that for me because i'm always um i have historically been the person who plans for every eventuality and so when you give me even just a little bit of like oh god this could happen again so now i've already i'm going through like all the lists if this happens if this happens if this happens and there's a level, of not just preparedness, but um, there's an emotional tax mm-hmm. that that plays, on, you know. That, and so it's hard for us to plan, like you want to plan another art show. And, and, and you kind of was like, mm-hmm. how much effort do I put in this? Knowing that in a couple of weeks they may tell me, oh, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Or, you know, the other thousands of versions of well, that. Well, honestly, my head space going ahead is just plan on um being more of a digital sharer mm-hmm. and, how does um, that feel to you it's different but because one of my formats has been video yeah. i'm gonna lean more on that i've already kind of been coming up with some little uh short film ideas uh, like this one idea that was just jumping into my head because it's been so windy around here all oh, the I time and i'm like oh man what about some like old man in the sea except no old man and probably no sea, but a battle <laughs> like that, a struggle. And um, there, so there's like a little idea that I've been formulating just over the last few days with that. And of course, then it will become funny because it's reality yeah. portrayed in a silly way. Um, Which we've already established. We all need that right now. Yeah. So I think I think that'll... That'll be fun. There's no monetary means to it for me. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Going ahead, honestly, it's um, it's going to be tricky for me. Fortunately, Jenny's business with the ceramics is doing very Gosh, well. She's she seems at least from the outside like she's killing it. She's working every day. Um, what do you call it? Grinding the mill or something like that. Some phrase like that. <laughs> Anyways, she's up every morning working Making throughout the, the day, checking on us. <laughs> Time to make the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, even last night we were back for like, she went back up there at like eight or nine at night. And so I'm like, ah, I haven't been up there much, so I should go back up. And we ended up working up there again for another hour and that kind of productivity. And then, I mean, that's, that's part A. Part A is making the thing. Part B is selling Selling the thing. Um, but she's also been doing really well with that. Um, promoting herself, building up this community of people. Yeah. She's already international. I'm, 
I <laughs> don't think I have sold anything that's gone over any borders. She's doing so, great work. Yeah. I I really enjoy I enjoy it even more now that I got to know her a little bit on the podcast. She's mm. so lovely. Um and, and you know I do love to s- just generally see what the the people that mean something to me are doing, but I've been watching and I'm like, wow, she's she's killing it. Like oh, yeah. I, I mean, her Etsy shop and I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I also, I like that kind of work. Like I wish I could make something like she's making. And it's the kind of thing that, um, I wouldn't say it's in it like a, what is the thing that they like when you're at the grocery store and like all of the little things that are right in front of you that you never think you need to buy, but you do because they're right there in front of you. Oh, um, what? Like all the magazines. Yeah. <laughs> magazines or the candy bars. Gum. Like you're standing there in line and you see yeah. the thing and you're like, Oh, I want that. And you pick it up. Yeah. I see her and every day there's another there's an, another mug that she makes. I'm like, I want that. I want that. <laughs> yeah, once I didn't see it before either. And once you do recognize it, you're like, wow, this is a whole other field of things to be interested in. Yeah. Um, which is a cool thing because it's another artist handmade thing mm-hmm. that you get to have for for not that big of a cost. Exactly. You know? Um, there's, I've got two of her mugs actually upstairs in, uh, in nice. my office. Well, she's I, got another update coming soon. Okay, I bet it, it will be after this podcast is released because I think it's, I don't know when. I, it's I soon. remember. I think it's a couple of weeks from yeah. now. Well, I'll probably put this yeah. out. I'm trying to get back into a regular schedule of recording and posting. Like mm. I thought a couple of weeks ago, part of the thing that I think made me hit my peak yeah. was I did five back-to-back episodes and like trying to produce that and actually this brings me to another question for you mm-hmm. so in the last few episodes I've been I've noticed that I've been um tempted to edit more mm-hmm. than I ever have before I typically don't edit content um unless somebody says to me specifically oh shit I didn't mean to say that please take it out which doesn't happen very often the last four episodes, there's been something in there because of the um, kind of the energy that's out there and people are being very careful about what they say or being told what to say and what not to say. And I'm not, yeah. you know, it wasn't specific content to race or anything like that. But I, I felt like, oh, I said that and it just seems so frivolous and so extra. Like I need to take that out. And I it has brought me to a point where I've had to take a step back and think about my, so my general mode of operation most of my life has been to worry about what everybody thinks about me mm-hmm. or to mold myself to what people, what I think people expect of me. Um, and I've gotten out of that habit generally in the last five or six years and definitely on this podcast. I mean, I tend to just throw all of it out there and I don't censor myself and I'm, I'm respectful and, but you know, I just, I talk about yeah, yeah. shit that I, you know, most people don't talk about. And I've found lately I'm like, Oh, but do I really need to say all of that stuff? And should I, what if this person heard that? What's he going to think or what's she going to think? And it's very I'm relatable. I am conflicted. Am I regressing hmm. or am I growing? Mm-hmm. to become like I've gone through a phase. I won't say that I'm becoming better, but I've gone through a phase of like, all right, just throw everything out there. This is Danielle. She talks about all of it. And mm. 
and maybe I've done that phase and now I'm going to button it up a little bit or so is this a growth period for me or am I regressing back to this person who's a little bit afraid to be who I am and creatively I wonder do you go through phases like that where you look at your previous work and you're like wow who is that person or Um, yeah a little bit in that a little bit um but with your what you were just addressing with the mental state I very much just mentally think that a lot lately i've been coming up with a mantra and um use it if you feel like it could help instead of worrying too much about how i'm being perceived i worry more about how i'm projecting myself so you know it's Mm -hmm. um instead of worrying about every person you're going to offend or maybe offended just internalize ahead of time what Mm -hmm. is it that i actually want to be putting out there and sharing and I I think it's been helping me because then I'm not as worried Mm -hmm. and it's almost like you know you might offend somebody um, or you may do something silly or stupid or any of those variations but it uh, don't let it stop you because otherwise you probably will put full breaks and you won't you won't make her do anything so yeah and it becomes for for the recording part of things and maybe you can relate to this in Mm -hmm. your movies it's a slippery slope when you start carving things out because it's like you carve one thing and you're like, oh, but then this thing doesn't really make sense. And then this thing, and because I'm not by any means like this expert editor producer person, it's very hard for me to um, (laughs) bridge the gap between all the shit I feel like I have to cut out. And maybe there's something, some good nugget in there. Well, don't beat yourself up because you know, Hollywood can produce tens of millions into a movie <laughs> and it can get messed up on the editing board and released that way. Yeah. And you're just like, why did you waste all that money? Time? Right. Ultimately, what I want to put out there is my biggest compliment. I've said this many times is that when somebody says, oh, I listened to an episode and it was so great because I felt like I was in the room with you. Cool. And cool. that feels very special to me. Mm-hmm. And I also know that the more I carve out of a conversation, the less they're going to feel that way. Because even though it's only audio for them, there's still an energy that comes with that. And if I just interrupted that, you know, without any thought, it kind of interrupts the experience as well, I think. Yeah, it does. You're right. There's it, There needs to be fluidity which right. we're going to do naturally in a conversation. But if you put a sharp bang or a, or a dead <laughs> silence, people stop and they're like, like what's what, happening what now? What just happened? Yeah. yeah. And that's an even, I mean, that's even an editing trick in itself yeah. is um, grab someone's attention that way. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to make a big uh, movie again. So whenever that's possible, um, I've actually made one full-length feature film and it was uh it's been a long time ago and it's it's uh thankfully buried i think oh i I was just gonna ask you what's it called and where can we find it you can't find it (laughs) i think i'm the only one who has a copy of it really yeah possibly is it work you're Um, not proud of no it was a good learning experience yeah you can learn off of anything right i learned a lot but no there's nothing to watch there But I went through the whole process. So, um, and since then, I've just done personal uh, short films and mm-hmm. little vignette pieces. But I'd love to work with a team again and make uh, a whole, a full length movie. What's funny, actually, on the um, 
the uh, uh, film festival circuit is mm-hmm. a full-length film. They let it technically be, I think it's right at 60-minute mark. So you don't oh. even have to worry to what we're used to in society. Yeah, like an, an hour, hour and a half. half. Although there will be some independents who are like, we're going to make it an hour and 27 minutes. Yeah. And it still gets you know, yeah. dropped into our uh, cinemas. Um, but even 60 minutes, you know, that's a, that's a good amount of time, but it's, it's in a way a lot more doable because it gives you more flexibility to chop off the stuff that wasn't working because mm-hmm. you're not worried about fluffing it and right. making it extend out. Um, although, yeah. Okay. One quick funny thing about that horrible movie I did a long time ago. <laughs> I think my first rough cut was way over three hours on it. It was so, so, so long. long. And the whole thing was almost dialogue. I didn't write it. So I'll give myself yeah. that one little <laughs> excuse. I wasn't the writer. Um, <clears throat> but man, that was wow. that was a lot of wordiness. And for, where did it end up? Um, it got screened at a couple of festivals. And, and then I actually kind of cut myself from the project. And, yeah. and just turned it yeah i was at some point i was like you can do what you want with it to the other co-director mm-hmm. at the time and um i i just kind of didn't need to stick around with it because yeah it already, it already you stank. just kind of <laughs> didn't need to stink anymore and just needed to move on yeah so um but like you said it was a good learning experience it was good yeah, yeah. and then i've had uh film festivals aren't that hard to get into really mm-hmm. i mean um the big ones are but if you make a short film, going back, if we go back to similar to what we had, if you make a short film or a, or a full-length film, I think that's a great way of promoting it and getting it out there. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of festivals who will accept it. You have to do like small submission, submission fees, but that's just a screening technique. I mean, yeah. it stops people from horrible, yeah, horrible stuff, from not even submitting i'm curious to know what the like film festival experiences are going to be and you know in the short term like because everything is going digital and of course films are digital but mm-hmm. you know there is p- part of all you know i'm an in-person experience type of person so how do it's I not just about yeah, yeah i do too it's not just about oh yeah we can release these digitally it's no problem but how do they monetize them outside of sponsorships well, um, those um, types of festival things. Now. I don't know. You know, it's just I don't know about actual film festivals. I know Netflix and um, Amazon are stepping in to pay people, right, mm-hmm. to have uh, series and films done. Um, one I'm looking forward to watching is uh, Spike Lee just released another film, and it just went straight to Netflix. To so Netflix. we get to watch it for free, which is pretty oh. cool. Uh, I also think he's a really great director to watch yeah. his films at this time because. He's a hardcore advocate mm-hmm. for Black Lives Matter. And it's not like all the people on throughout his films are marching and, and right. professing that. But they're showing you a great perspective that um, someone like myself can't get right. to live personally. But now I can see it. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great storyteller, too. So You know, Netflix is impressive. And I will say there's only one exception. And I just noticed this the other day. Um, generally speaking, since I've been watching Netflix for the last number of years I don't know six seven eight years they've always been their production value is pretty impressive for their for their Netflix um their shows their movies their documentaries they do their photography is always great the cinematography is great that it's it's high value um I did see for the first time a Netflix 
movie. Uh, like it was one and film. Yeah, film. you can call them films. Still, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, and it was terrible. It was all of it was terrible. Yeah. The writing was bad. The yeah. acting was bad. The I was shocked. I Do you was remember like, what it was called? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Three sixty five. Hmm. DNA. I, no, I and I, I say that, that maybe it may, now that I think about it, it may not have been actually produced by Netflix. I'll they have just to purchase it, but I'll have yeah. to. But it just seemed like so so much less than what they usually put out there. Hmm. It was basically a um, an Italian version of like what's the gray Fifty Shades of Gray. Hmm. <laughs> But this, there was even, it was even worse because the storyline didn't tie together. Like it just like dropped off. It, it was just awful. And I was like, this is, doesn't even seem like Netflix. Well, you know what? Me. I think they might be taking advantage of our situation a little bit too. And like putting crap out there. Filmmakers and still are desperate to get anything. Yeah. So they're probably paying them the least they can. They know we'll watch almost anything, anything right, right now. now. That's a Especially good if they put a, a good picture as the cover and the right wording or a good yeah. trailer. Um, That's how they got me away with because I have, I've hit literally almost the end of Netflix in terms yeah. of like content. And I saw this one pop up one day and I was like, Oh, he looks good. And that looks like, you know, it was like a really suspenseful trailer. And then I got into the movie and there were some parts in there where I was like, Holy moly. Like I can't take my eyes off of it, but mm production wise it was horrible uh one overlapping thing that i'm going to be interested in seeing is all the films that were um filmed before uh stay in place that were because usually it takes at least a year for a film to get uh finished and then released i'm wondering there's got to be a lot of films that are getting finished being edited and what's their plan yeah. for them and they're going to be good films i hope because Hopefully. they were producing them under their normal terms. Um, like there's this one film coming out with Russell Crowe, which I'm not really a fan of his. And the, f the film itself actually looks pretty lame to me, but mm -hmm. it looks like they were going to make it a big box office movie. Mm -hmm. And they've been promoting it that it's going to be in theaters on July 10th or something. And I'm like, how can how, they even do that? They don't how, even, like, well, although I just, themselves are they, also, though, I did just read today, um, I think it was local, though, and Sonoma County has been pretty conservative about their openings, I think, um, that movie theaters are coming open next week or by the end of this week. Wow. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I feel I about know. that. Yeah. I like the idea of outdoor. You have fresh air around you. It makes sense. Um, but indoor theaters are intimate, even if you're only a mm -hmm. couple people in the audience yeah. and they're all spread out. It's like... Uh, you're all coughing in each other's space. I mean, I mean, I would hope, I know this sounds so obvious, but I would hope that the big lesson learned here is that people are not going into enclosed spaces coughing. Like if you're coughing, that's that should be the number one indicator to stay the fuck home. Sure, but is, what if it's one of your natural coughs? I like, I'm a like person an, who has allergies, yeah. and one of the ways my allergy manifests itself is in a, a cough. cough. Yeah. I am so worried to cough anywhere in public, even sneeze, because I think yeah. people relate sneezing to yep. just as dangerous. And um, I get bad allergies, so I'm like, if I do have to go out, 
I, I don't know. I hold it yeah. in. I haven't had to run out of a store yet to try That's to That's a good point. It, I remember when we first went into shelter in place, I was taking my son um, on a bike ride outside mm-hmm. and he had a cough and he has allergies. And I remember as we were riding, you know, he's riding his little bike. I heard him cough and I went, oh shit. Yeah, like panic. somebody's going to turn around and think he's got COVID. Um, so that's a, that's a good point you bring up there. I don't know. I mean, do you, as a parent, um, you know this feeling about how conflicted you can get when your kids are younger and they have a little bit of a cold or it possibly could be getting a cold and they, they have a sniffle, Mm. no fever, no this. And you're conflicted about, should I send him to school because I have to go to work? Yeah. Um, or keep him home or he's not sick or he is sick. And like, it's going yeah. to be like that for everybody. It should be like that for everybody. Well, also it's next school year. Isn't that far away? It's in the fall. And, um, that's when it starts. The school Do you year. think that the school's going to go back? I think a lot of schools are planning something to create some sort of atmosphere that they can feel they're doing the best to make it safe. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be very difficult for a lot of parents. I know a lot of uh, parents need to work and they can't afford daycare. They need their kid to be taken care of. So it's going to be such a hard decision for them, no matter what variation or level, because every school is going to have a different level of safety protocols they're trying to do. Our school district's already given us a um, preemptive three different a survey. They don't know yet for sure what they're right. going to do anyways, but they gave us a survey with three options of a um, go back to school, whatever that means, however long of a day, mm-hmm. however, whatever techniques they have. And option two where they um, they just are a teacher's doing two things. He's on Zoom and he also has kids in the class. So the kids Splitting who want to stay at class. home can be on a Zoom the, right. all day. Or option three, similar to now, where they um, it's just a at home you get all the work. Oh, packet. interesting. That and second then, option. Yeah. My daughter's getting ready to start a school in Napa, actually, and one of their options they did a three option thing too, which was similar, but the the middle option was they would have they would split the student body where part half of them would come Monday Tuesday, hmm. and then they would take Wednesday to clean all of the classrooms, everything. And then Thursday, uh, Friday, the other half of the school would come. And so the days that you're not on oh, campus, she's gonna be in high you school, would just though. be doing, yeah. Okay. You would just be doing like Zoom learning like they've just done. Because um, so, that's what I was envisioning the uh, high school option would be since our daughter's in high school. Yeah. Although she, we've already um, discussed it and we decided she's just going to continue the online, online school she's already school. been doing good with. But we were wondering, like, what would they do? And that was the first idea that came to my head. Yeah. Because they have segmented uh, classroom schedules already, yeah. they could just half the lessons right. and split up the kids so there's yep. less kids on campus. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be yeah. a direction that a lot of schools go. It makes sense. But, it, yeah, it's definitely not going to be the same. It's interesting. Okay, so let's talk about what's coming up for you mm-hmm. and all the new stuff that you've released. Um, you just okay. released a new body of work. I did, and so and I have a website for the first for the first official time in my career. I now have a website with a with a shop. So thank you, and um, it's johnnyhirschmugel dot com. Okay, uh, can you can yeah. As soon as you learn how to spell my, spell my name, you won't forget it. So it'll be easy enough. It's true. <laughs> and then going ahead, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it where it's a um, 
where it's a bump out cycle, meaning all the works that are currently available, I knock them off the site mm-hmm. and just put up fresh ones, or if oh. I just um, stack them on top of yeah. each other. So new works up highlighted first, older works that are still available below, yeah. something like that. Um, that The other thing we were uh, Jenny and I were both going to do was workshops of some kind mm-hmm. coming into the spring and into the summer. That was our original plan. I remember. And so now we've been talking again about figuring out something. We may... If it feels like we can accommodate it well enough, we may have a one or two person in our studio at a time um, workshop, or we may, uh, maybe more from my end, I might do an online type thing. So those two things are the big things and um, look for more short film stuff. I'll make those available on my, all my old stuff. I got to go back make them easy to watch on yeah. my website so everything can be directed You know, there. I th- if they're short, like when you say short uh-huh. vignette, what do you mean by short? Like uh, five minutes or less? So isn't there a way that we can format those for Insta? Um, yeah, uh, I think so. Now that I've I just got Instagram TV, IGTV, yeah. I think they will host it. Although, honestly, going back, okay, so this is one thing with my old works is I wasn't respectful enough of copyright music. Oh, yeah. Um, so I may not make that much of my old work right. available. Because g- moving forward, I have become much more respectful of the fact to get permission from people yeah, of course. or find original music that is available. Mm-hmm. Um, that black and white short film that I was playing at the last short uh, at the last art show that I had... I loved that film. um, That does have music that I can play. How long was that? That's uh, that one. I feel like needs to go up there. I I forget the running time. It's a good length. It's like maybe eight minutes or something. And it is technically a silent film, so it Mm -hmm. just has like an accordion soundtrack to Mm -hmm. it. It's an old Italian recording. um, I loved it, and it just matched perfectly. It's uh, so perfect for your personality. It literally, like, I I watch it. I'm like, there could not be a more perfect movie. Well, it's called The Artist Duel, and it's two <laughs> characters, but it really is the duality argument every artist has mm-hmm. in their own self about whether they're being pretentious or whether they're being yeah. authentic. And uh, God, maybe I need to watch yeah. that again. Yeah. You should definitely post that up Yeah, right away. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also you have a lot of art here at Keller Street Cowork, too, so yes, I would love thank to you invite people to come check that out, too. Oh, that reminds me. Okay. So I have little cards I'm going to put up, price list, and those will be going up on my website as well soon, so with the other batch of works. Yeah. Well, I love that you're enthusiastic about finally turning this, not not that it wasn't a business before, but your mindset has definitely shifted over the past year or so Mm -hmm. on that, and I can sense, you know, the confidence level is there, and for sure the respect is out there. You know, I, I hear people talk about you all the time, so both as an artist with your work and you as a human. Hmm. Um, and so it's lovely to have you in here. Thanks. And yeah. it's always, as always, it's fun to kind of shoot the shit with a, a I, I always feel like sure I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a super creative when I'm hanging out with people like you. <laughs> you are. This is your platform. Good. <laughs> this is my platform. Well, yeah. I appreciate you coming. Um, I will, I'm going to cheers you. We're going to go offline and we're going to have another cocktail and and we're going to cheers. Yep. Sounds good.